Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قال الله تعالى في كتاب المجيد وهذا الله بيا وحرم غنا This coming Monday is going to be the Labor Day holiday We gladly grab any opportunity to uh, for holiday or time off from time away from work Labor Day is one of these days that actually we we look forward to in the calendar so so that we could have an extended weekend and sometimes some people take additional days to have like an extended uh, four five six days we entire week off to go on vacation or simply relax liberty also signals the end of the summer and a signal that okay well we have to go back to work and the school and office and whatnot Labor Day is a celebration in U.S. and must have, uh, much of the, uh, the world as well. The Labor Day is also similar to in celebration in importance as the Independence Day. We know that the history of the Independence Day is mired in brutality and tragedy. And in case of the Independence Day, it came at the cost of the, 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 the native people in the, in the American continent and the African who were stolen and snatched away from their homelands and forced into slavery, into faraway distant land. So in the case of Labor Day, it evokes painful and checkered history of the uncontrolled crony capitalism. America and West in general has a long established tradition of exploiting helping hands, either to the institution of slavery or bondsmen or mistreating of the poor, dispossessed workers. With the backdrop of the growing popularity of social ideals in the late 19th centuries, that brought the attention to the exploitation of the workers at the hands of the capital owners, the labor struggles started to and calling for the better working conditions. One of their demand was actually shortening the work week. So previously there was no off day. The, the, the laborers were required to work all seven days of the week. And they were required to work 10, 12 hours a day. Um, so they actually had all these challenges. So, they, so there was actually a struggle going on to reduce all those long hours to eight hours a day and having some weekends off. This struggle resulted in widespread strikes throughout the USA. In May of 1894, during the Pullman Railcar Strike, the protesters were met by the brute force of US Army and the US Marshal Service that point blank the shoot a shot at the striking workers. So that resulted in killing of 30 workers in Chicago alone and 40 workers across the US. The U.S. Congress made Labor Day a national holiday, 
as a gesture to appease the trade unionists. So when we see the brutality, well, we talked about the independence and also the, the past. So the brutality is not just historical, or that's something that happened in the past. The brutality is still going on. And we have lots of examples to pull from. While the celebration for Labor Day is taking place, the U.S. appetite remains and the exploitation of the masses still remains. For example, when you look at the sweatshops in Bangladesh that are producing cheap products for U.S., the exploitation of women in the palm oil production in the Southeast Asia, the child labor exploitation that's happening in the mining industry in Africa, the bondage of slave labor, which according to Walk Free Foundation, there's about 46 million people who are affected by this bondsman of modern day slavery. So you can truly see that the one person's enjoyment is another person's loss. So in order to have the cheap products being freely available in Walmart and other places, the whole world population is going through these kind of hardships and they are being exploited at the moment. The walks had noted that when you adjust for the inflation, the wages for the average workers has risen only by 3% since 1970. So even though we claim that we have turned the corner, we haven't really. And for the bottom 20%, it has declined. Instead of going up, it has gone down. So the exploitation still remains. It has taken a different form. When we look at this, so we, we find lots of issues for capitalism. We can discuss uh, and kind of count out few of these today because we don't have enough time to kind of discuss everything today. So one of the issues that we see is the monopolies and the consolidation. We see the mergers, mergers and acquisitions, M&A, that happens all uh, commonly in, in U.S. and other parts of the capitalist world. We see that the monopolies and consolidation, they are killing innovation and eliminating competition. And this consolidation drive down the salaries of the workers and drives up the cost for the buyers of the goods and services. So the corporations obviously uh, want to pay as little as they can to the workers to be able to, uh, to maximize the profit that they can for the shareholders. So let, let's take an example of the consolidation in the US healthcare industry and its impact on the wages. So according to the study, the among top 25% of concentration, increasing mergers, the study found that the resulting wage growth was 1.1% points lower for the skilled non-medical workers and 1.7 percentage point lower for nursing and pharmacy workers than it would have been otherwise. Average annual wage growth in US hovers about three to 4%. So we see that by consolidation, actually the workers are paying the price for that. Another research by the Roosevelt Institute, they found that the 25 to 75 percentile, it's like the middle of the, the bell curve. So you remove the, uh, the, the, the tail in the beginning and the end. They're saying that the wages actually, uh, the concentration of the consolidation actually has actually reduced the wages by 17 percent. 
So this consolidation and monopolies are not helping the workers. So when we see that, this is like a standard capitalist stock market logic that produces the toxic waste lakes and sends about 118 billion pounds of electronic waste to the dumpsters everywhere. So they don't have a care for the people or the environment, essentially. So how do the corporations achieve this in capitalism? So there are several legally allowed capitalist tools that help accomplish this feat. I'm going to count off some of them and discuss how Islam would be able to counter those issues. So one of the issues that we see that there's a legal tool that's available is that for, the corporations force the employees to sign a non-compete agreement. So that non-compete agreement could last for sometimes from one year to two years or three years, sometimes even more than that. They also force the anti-poaching policy. This means if you leave the company, you cannot hire your co-workers from there for a period of one year or, or more, depending on the contract. They have destroyed the ability of workers to get their rights. The capitalists, they have crushed the labor movement. Late 19th century, they allowed it to flourish to, to be able to compete with the socialism. But now the socialism is gone. There is no need for that. So what they're trying to do is they're crushing the labor movement. And we're going to come about the Islam solution for those, how to protect the rights of the, the workers. But we also see that the US is in US, there is actually a lot of people who actually sue left and right willy nilly. So why can't the workers sue the employers to get their rights? Legally, they cannot. Because the, in the US, there's a court that was actually a landmark court, uh, court case, Epic System versus Lewis. The Supreme Court ruled that the employers may use mandatory arbitration clauses. What does it do? It prevents the workers to band together to have a class action lawsuit against the company. So the message is very clear. The workers of the United States, don't try to unite. You're on your own. The study also found that 80% of the America's 100 largest companies use mandatory arbitration clauses in the employment contract. This means there is no way that the, the, the workers can come together and actually do a class action lawsuit against the companies. But what about the unions? We know that the union used to have a heyday and that they used to be able to demand a lot of things and, uh, and, uh, and for the, the betterment. They have been, the unions have been systematically destroyed by the capitalists. Uh, there was actually a study in 2009 by the Cornell University. They, they looked at the 1,004 unions organizing drivers, drives. They, they, they saw that the employers in all those 1,000 plus union uh, organizing drives, they threatened the employees to close the plants in 57% of the cases, the campaigns, and threatened to cut wages and benefits in 47%. So this means that they are actually asking people not to organize. So the question comes in, why would the capitalists allow the unions to form in the first place? So that was actually in the backdrop of the 19th century that we talked about, right? At that time, the, the socialist and the, the communist ideas were taking currency in the society. So uh, Marcus Hanna, he is actually a Republican senator from Ohio. 
So he actually allowed and actually uh, allowed this um, uh, and pre- presented a bill to allow the unions. And actually, there is actually a quote, quotation from him: "The large aggregations of capital, feared at first by labor, may prove to be labor's best friend." It's like a buddy-buddy relationship at that time. He was thinking, "Organized labor and organized capital are but forward steps in the great industrial evolution that is taking place." So he wanted to use the unions to secure the industrial peace. He knew that at that background, they had not allowed these unions, the socialism ideals, and because of the exploitation that was happening, would actually have taken root in the U.S. So they were really interested in fighting the socialism. But the socialism being gone, they don't need unions. So as... Hannah indicated it was a bribe for workers in abandoned communism, anarchism, or their ideologies that they didn't believe in the divine right of the capital. So now we see that how we, we, we discuss some of the issues from the capitalism, how, to, how was, uh, Islam is going to address that. So Allah says in the Quran, in Surah Al Baqarah, Allah has permitted the trade. So it is illegal to have a non-compete clauses in the employment contract because this ayah in the Quran is a general um, permission to, to do trade and actually do business. And there is no evidence, there is no dalil that to, to say that the clause can be added to limit the, uh, the extent of the, the trade. Since there is no Dali, so there is no way that the non-compete clauses can be permitted in the, in the employment contract. Another interesting irony or a conundrum, we see that the capitalist, uh, capitalism cherishes and praises the personal freedom. However, this personal freedom has very important footnotes. The first, the, empl- in, uh, the workers are not given a choice. They have to sign a non-compete agreement. They have to sign an anti-poaching clauses. They have to sign away their rights to, uh, to sue the company because mandatory uh, arbitration. So they don't really have a choice because when you talk about 80% of the top 100 companies are doing this, the other companies are also doing it. So you don't really have a choice in that matter. So, so what Capitalism is allowing is that they are saying that the, by consent, a person can sign away his freedom to do all these things. And the state cannot interfere in this relationship. But Islam, in contrast, no person, no worker can actually uh, uh, give away his freedom rights. Rasulullah said, give the workers his wages before his sweat dries. Reported by Ibn Majah. Allah subhanahu wa says, uh, in, uh, in a hadith in Rabari al-Bukhari, Allah said, I am the opponent of three on the day of resurrection. Until he said, and a man who hires a worker makes, you, uh, uh, makes use to him and does not give him his wages. In another hadith by, uh, reported by Dara'qutni, whoever hired a person, he has to inform him about his age, uh, wage. So the employer must abide by these and other requirements. And the, if any violation is happening, they could be sued, uh, brought a lawsuit against the judge. And the, the issue with the lawsuit is that in, in Islam, the, all these law, the, the laws actually coming from Islam, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So those are not something that is going to be uh, swayed by anybody's uh, personal preferences. We see that in this country, there is actually a lot of corruption 
to actually even elect the, the judges. In one single uh, election uh, campaign, there was at least $70 million was, in, was, was spent and donated by the, the powerful uh, uh, interest. And there was another case, $35 million in, was donated to influence the United States Supreme Court judge appointment. So you can see that all these things are done to actually sway the public opinion and be able to sway the, the judgment. In Islamic court, none of this happens because the judges are appointed by the, by the Khalifa and he cannot be uh, swayed by these things. Because his job is to be able to implement the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we see that in order to solve this ongoing economic crisis, both at the macro level, which is too much debt, devaluation of the currency, stagnant economy, and most importantly, the misery of the common people, both in the West and the rest of the world. We as Muslims, we need to turn towards the divine guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and implement the divinely revealed comprehensive systems that regulate the human activities in the fields of economy, judiciary, politics, education, and social system, among others. These are interdependent systems, and that will only, these systems will provide tranquility and peace of mind to the people in the world, and most importantly, help us earn the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is a prerequisite for success in the hereafter. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq to follow his guidance comprehensively and give us the istiqam and his deen. Amin. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com. 